how dumb for having listened to it. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 43. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the uh, the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, nice to be back on the podcast. Unfortunately, it's not after a, a win. Uh, we were des- no. desperately hoping for a... Uh, to bit, pinch a, one. To pinch one back uh, after the Hawks' loss. But it was a, uh, a bit of a teasing game the whole game. Uh, just, but I think, me, the, me, I think the better team won. Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, me thinks Richmond is the benchmark. Xavier came out and said it on Facebook after the game. They are the benchmark, and the benchmark beat us. Yeah, we'll go into it more in detail, but their, yep. their structures held up despite the five guys coming in. That was my only hope, was that their structures would not be as tight, but I thought it was still quite good. And it's the the sign of it, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately. There's not too many people that hate the Tigers, right? I mean, if that was Collingwood, I'd be bagging the hell out of him. But um, it's the sign of a really good side. It's a, it's to take five guys like that, your captain and a decent midfielder and Prestier and the other bloke as well, to take them out of your side um, and still perform to a very high level when Essendon had a lot of their players in, very few out. I mean, apart from the Danahers of the world and that sort of stuff, but we had a good side in and a side that should have been able to beat them and they just didn't let us. Yeah, I mean, probably the, the, the big out out of anything really was Fantasia and you, as the whole game went on, you realised... Yeah. That we, forward line with him in it, yeah. it looks it looks a lot better. And we'll talk about the forward line more as, as we go along. Uh, look, I just want to, to have just a, a one or two minutes... Uh, thanks for all the um, support. Uh, people would have seen that I um, decided to leave Twitter for quite some time. And, and obviously, you've probably not seen me on Facebook as well. Uh, look, just, just going through some battles, but but getting in, in a good positive mindset. So I just want to make sure people knew that. Uh, obviously, people who know me and you've probably seen my Twitter journeys... We had a uh, a tough year with family and had two or three people pass away from cancer and, and, and car accidents and everything like that. So it's just, I think sometimes social media can be a uh, an escapism from, from just facing some stuff. And um, so I realized probably that was where I was at and I just needed to make sure that I started to get healthy and, and get back to tackling things and, and sorting some things out and... And got a great network, great family support network, um, and yeah, so it's been a in a weird way a positive weekend. So uh, as a family, we're doing really, really well. So now it's just my journey now for the next stage to get on top of things and 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 go from there. So I just wanted to make sure that you know we didn't just come back and everyone's going, what the hell's going on? Um, I, I just wanted to make sure that people knew I'm. It was a really positive step, and it was a big step I had to take, and and I'm in a good headspace now. So, but it's there's still a bit of a battle ahead. It's one of those um, it's one of those things I think. Um, having known Scotty for a good long period of time, I think when Scotty makes a decision that he has done recently, just to take a big step back from social media, social media is one of those things I think that the modern part of modern life that you can really get sucked into. You can really spend too much time on it and not enough time in reality world. So when, when Scott mentioned that he was going to take a, some time off from it, I I too saw it as a really positive thing. Um, it's going to be less time uh, looking at a screen 
um, and more time just looking at the real world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, um, congratulations, Scotty, for to, for identifying it. But it doesn't yeah. mean that um, doesn't mean that we're going away completely. Um, lunchtime catch up podcast will keep going, um, but uh, yeah, there's going to be less less Scotty sort of on Twitter and the other bits and pieces. Yeah, but more, but more Scotty on the lunchtime catch up podcast. Yeah, we've got. Um... There's some really positive stuff. We've got a couple of family holidays coming up. Good time to get away, refresh the mind. Yep. Uh, and I think that's just where I, what I need to be, just to be with family for a bit. But um, look, I just wanted to make sure people knew, because I think people were calling me about Twitter trolls and everything like that. I actually have a fantastic relationship with my Twitter friends. So I actually didn't wasn't anything to do with, with any negativity on Twitter or, or towards me or anything like that. It was just more how much time it was taking up. I guess how many requests come my way and, and everything like that. And, and and I probably lapped it up because I just was trying to escape some stuff that I didn't really need. I needed to challenge and tackle myself. So after, a, I guess, a hard 12 months. So that's that's all it is. And yeah, so the podcast will continue. This is this actually is a, a good... I like the, the podcast forum. Yeah. I can just have a fun speaking my mind with my best friend for 30 years. So... It's pretty easy, that forum, and, and just let it go out into the world and see if people like it. Absolutely. All right, so... All right, let's get back to... Back onto the game. So, we'll start off with just a review again, front front to back, forwards to backs, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let you know what we think. Scotty, Scotty was talking to me before the podcast about, he's got some strong views um, on some players that we see with, like, I mean, David Zara, we'll start off with David Zara, 30 touches for the night, but Scotty, you, you had you had a, a thought on David. Well, there was quite a number of, of guys like Zaharakis that um, just had little impact, even though you, you've seen, uh, you can see the disposal count, but I thought our midfield in general struggled against yeah, against against their setup. Uh, and one thing is very clear to me in the loss to Hawthorne, Collingwood, and Richmond twice, is when a team brings maximum pressure our next real development is how we handle our skills and decision-making under that kind of pressure. And, and we just, our decision-making just was there for all to see. It was really poor. Yeah. We struggled. Um, we didn't well, We didn't handle it well, I and want, it resulted in turnovers. Yeah, I, want, I mean, our, 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 the way we handled the ball, sure. You, I reckon you could say it was poor. What I also reckoned was really evident was that Richmond's was really good. Like it when you yeah. when you put ours up against the elite um, disposal and midfield unit that Richmond was, even with those guys out, they're they're so incredibly well drilled and know their um, their roles. I just think that we looked our better than average uh, midfield and their disposals were shown up by an exceptionally good one. Yeah, well, we we had when you go to like disposal efficiency and you look at the guys who are under 70% and you're looking at McKenna, Langford, McGrath, Hooker, Zach Merritt, Devin Smith, David Myers, Jake Stringer. They're all, so they're all... And again, like yeah. Devin Smith, David Myers and Jake Stringer, three biggies for us. Uh, Devin Smith starts at 53%, Myers at 46 and Stringer at 46 So 46% yeah. from David Myers, that's that's not okay. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's where we really struggled. We... You have to hit more targets because their their transition rebound Richmond they're set up for you to fail in some ways. Yes, uh, and so their transition is really deadly, and we didn't have that defensive structure to really counter that. But th- I guess the second half to that is 
is the mindset of the last quarter. And, and it's something I'm thinking about a lot lately is I used to have this theory on Richmond, funny enough, um, that say like five, six years ago, that Richmond played really well when they had nothing to lose. Um, and so Richmond, we had a very similar year to an old Richmond. And that's that's not to be a negative because I think it's a little bit different situation. But Richmond normally used to always start two and seven. Everyone used to go, what's going on? Hardwick shoot at sacked. Then they would win the next nine. and they would, When they're under pressure. Yeah, they would yeah. finish off the year ninth or tenth. And they'd say, oh, Richmond's going to come on. and um, But really what they're doing is playing with a free mind because suddenly they're, I guess their pressure of finishing in the finals um, went off. And it makes them dangerous. Yeah. And we probably almost had a match day version of that where three-quarter time, Richmond, after the third quarter, scored another uh, one or two goals. I think they were almost 40 points up. Yep. The game was over. Then we started to take, you know, we just started to play our normal footy. Yeah. It was almost like... and. The- and I don't even think that Richmond took their foot off it. Like, they didn't take their foot off the um, the accelerator pedal. Yeah. We just started to play yeah. really good footy. We just went, oh, we're not, well, obviously, we've got to kick a whole lot of goals to win. And suddenly we attacked and, and everything looked different. And oh, look, I'm glad the guys didn't give up. And that's a really important part. Boy, that Zach Merritt kick with a minute and a half to go. If that goes through, I actually think... What we, was it, eight points? It would have been three points. If that three goes points. Through, if that goes through. And that's, it looks nice off the boot, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that was a bit of a tease, but it's just our next stage to to how to up our game in those big moments. Because we've talked historically about us playing at the MCG on the big marquee games, and they're kind of like finals, and we really haven't won any of them. Outside of the yeah. country game against Geelong, yep. we've struggled this year in that finals kind of preparation kind of game. So it's our next development. So uh, to expand a bit more on that next development thing, you were talking to me before the, um, the podcast, right? Yeah. Um, about what you think that next development stage is. We've, we've sort of got an identity now, but then you think it's a next thing. So what expand a bit more on that. Uh, well, our next development really is, I kind of feel like this year we've at least, yeah, like you said, we've, we've found our identity. That's the great part. So we have now a, a clear identity that we're going to turn up every week, put in effort. Um, we're competing very hard. We're starting to get some better structures in place. We're starting to understand which kids are going to perform really well for us and, and which aren't. So that's the good part. Next year is completely different. The whole off season would need to be our defensive mindset how those structures, like we've clearly seen with Hawthorne and Richmond, they have like walls across the midfield. Yeah, it's so and we exceptionally yeah, well set up. And we don't have that kind of setup yet. We don't have that discipline yet. And I don't think we've overly, overly been coached that yet. And that's and that's probably deliberate. I think Wusher just wants us to get it to this first point. Yep. Pick up hopefully another gun mid. <laughs> hopefully. Structure the side and then go, okay, now we're going to do some real coaching, real setup, real gameplay tactics. What happens if a team puts a rant spare at the back or he floats off from his opponent? How are we going to tackle that? Because at the moment, with that game, our forwards went, again, a little bit too high. Waller was sometimes staying deep, but then he was on two or three tall guys. So it was an instant turnover because he couldn't compete in the air. They're all the little things I see is the next development of Essendon Football Club. Uh, And I'm hoping... It's a really big off-season of coaching. So it'll be interesting to see... Which assistants there are next year? 
Yeah, agree. Every club has changes in assistant coaches almost every year. So I would love a carouseller, personally, yep. coming into the side who is with Richmond and actually say, look, here's how we're doing things. Yeah, here's how we're doing stuff. So uh, that's that would be my goal. Uh, so, yeah, that's our next stage. But, look, we'll start talking about some players during the break. During the um, after the break, not yep. during the break, because that no, would be really disappointing that. for you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, after the break, we'll talk about some players, where how they're traveling, and we're going to talk a little bit more about how next year and some players. Um, but I think there's going to be one play that we're going to mention with a big smile on our face because yeah, uh, last, last the, night made us smile after the way. break, and uh, and we were wrapped. So talk to you after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, I just wanted to sort of highlight something that I've said in the past on the podcast in that I we really need each round, AFL teams this sort of nowadays need at least one player, one midfielder into those high to middle 30s disposals count. Now, you then need the high 20s and the, and the low 20s around them from the midfield to support those guys. Now, if you look at the Essendon disposal count, David Zarakis sitting at number 30 didn't feel like 30 touches. That's great, but didn't feel like he was very damaging. Then you had Devon at 28, which is just Mr. Consistency. Zach at 25, Dyson at 25, and then you've got Connor coming off the back line with 23, and Andy with 21. Um... The, the problem there is, and I think that on my previous podcast, I said you need a spread of possession getters through your midfield like that. And that's cool, but I guess where where I think that didn't help, well, where we were let down a little bit in this particular round was that Devin Smith had, 50, had like 28 touches, but at 53% disposal efficiency. And even David Zarakis only 76. And then Zach Merritt was your third highest possession getter at 25, but only had 64% disposal efficiency. Dyson, 25 at 84. That's getting it done. And But Connor, even Connor, 23 at 69%. And then McGrath at 66%. It really, it showed us that we got the ball a fair bit through the midfield. And then our guys did what we needed them to do. But unfortunately, we butchered it. We didn't, um, we didn't give the people they were kicking it to or handballing it to, the best opportunity to to do something with it when they did. Then when you add the likes of David Myers and, and Langford, um, who were very low on, well, not very low, were comparatively low on possessions and especially on percentage, uh, that's that's where we lost the, the game pretty much in their midfield. And I think what Scotty was saying um, earlier along the lines of the midfield was way too high, sorry, the midfield, the forward line was way too high, I think that is a big contributing factor as well. I mean, we the disposals, the disposal count. What was the disposal count against Scotty? If we go up, scroll over to the live. Page, we won by ten. We won by ten, right? So we won by ten. Pos- won by um, ten tens. We won by ten clearances. Um, what else? What else did we win? We won the hitouts. We Contested destroyed the hitouts. Contested possessions. We won get tested possessions. We won um, interchanges. <laughs> we won the hitouts. Um, we won serviceable. pretty much all of the main stats, but we, again, we just butchered it. And we butchered it because we looked up into the forward line and there was nobody there. And when you butcher it, that's why you have an inside 50 count of 
58 Richmond, 45 to us. Yeah. So we're, we're butching it in key areas where there's a turnover. And that's Richmond's game. It's The amount of times we were sat up high at this game um, up in the um, Ponsford stand. And um, the amount of times you'd look out and the ball would come out of Essendon's um, back line. It's the exact same thing they did to us um, last time we played them. They, we'd bomb it out of our back line and you'd have a line. Alex Rance would be sat right in the middle of the square in the middle of the ground, just waiting for the ball to be bombed down his throat. Yeah. And you could see, you could see a line. You could almost draw a straight line across the mm. middle of the ground and see one Essendon, uh, one Richmond guy on the um, on the half-forward flank or on, on a wing, Rance in the middle, another bloke on the other wing, just literally waiting for yeah. the ball to be bombed down their throats. And we did. Yeah, exactly. I thought they played Carl Langford a bit strange. Um they played him a lot in the forward line. I know that we had we had a diminished forward line, so they're trying to get a couple of goals out of him. But yeah. it does take away from his also midfield presence. Yeah. So so it didn't really pay off that move. Uh, look, before the game, uh, when me and Grant were walking to the G, Grant sort of asked me, he said, "Oh, like, who who should we worry about?" And I said, "D Martin and Caddy." Yeah. That's all we. Caddy, man, where the hell did he come from as a footballer? Like, okay, yeah, average fair. midfield, he was... And then I think what Richmond have done is gone, well, you're pretty average in the midfield. Yeah. Let's chuck you down a forward line and see if you can do something. And all of a sudden, man, he's taking pack grabs, he's kicking them from the boundary. What it, the hell? He was always my concern coming into the game. And so for for Martin to have four goals and Caddy to have four goals, um, it, it's hopefully something that we address next year as well. Like, if if we're being completely honest, and I don't think it's been a focus because we're just trying to get our midfield structures right, um, and we haven't really done much opposition tactically, except for the Swans maybe when Myers went to Kennedy. Yeah. I think that's the only time I've really seen. But I said to the game with when, when Cochin and Prestia was out, boy, you let's just tag Martin and you're going to have a huge opportunity of winning this game. I think that's easier said than done, mate. No, I understand that. But then you do see him running all alone. So it's, that is true. It, so we haven't even tried. So, And that's what happens. He gets 26 possessions, kicks four goals. And and look, the caddy part, you try and stop. Matty D went to him early in the game and, and he towed up D pretty yep. comfortably. I felt sorry for him because they, they made the move from Francis to caddy after he kicked three. And then, and then what happens? D goes on Martin. They they bring the ball down yeah, and, and chuck it on his head. Yeah. And Martin kicks a goal. Uh, uh, so Matty D, poor Matty D, just had one of those games from hell. But that's going to happen. He, do you know? Do you reckon Essendon is short a dead set, dour, hard, shut down backline, small forward player like Bags? Like Bags used look, to be that dour. Yeah. I think they got. I think they got some coming through. I just think they're too young. Like <laughs> like. Like, I, I actually find, like, guys to me, like, I even still think like a Francis. Like, I still think when his body's fully mature. Like, when, when he went on Caddy, if Caddy found it a lot harder, like, to out-muscle out him. And sometimes even Francis took marks on him. Mm. It was just a little bit of a change. He, yeah. It was like, okay, you're a big boy, you know, I can't just knock you out of the way. Yeah, true. So, a, a fitter, stronger, even, even Francis would be a... Would be, uh, yeah, a change. I so. wonder, but I wonder too. I mean, Andy McGrath is Andy McGrath, Sardi, and and Connor are um their fast, quick, off half back run kind of players, right? They're not yeah. 
stick to a defender, uh, stick to a, a, a forward line player, really dour, strong defender, right? Yeah. And I think Collingwood did it with Jaden Stevenson against Bags and Dusty. Yeah. They isolated Dusty. And there's a few times that I reckon the opposition teams think that Essendon is a little bit yeah. um, suspect if you isolate our small defenders in the square. Yeah. I think sometimes they have a feeling McNeese is not too bad at that role, but maybe just experience is just not there yet. Yeah. Um, but I see what you're saying. There is a there is a, a little bit of a an issue with a strong mid-sized defender yeah. that can lock down when a Martin goes forward yeah. or a yeah, caddy yeah. kind of approach. There's not many in the AFL, so I don't know. It's, it's a hard one because you, do you concentrate oh, on yeah, that? Man. I love the way it's easy. It's very easy to say that. I see on social media a lot too. People go, "Oh, Essen just just needs to find a defender. We've got to get a defender. We've got to do this. We've got to do this." It's often much easier said than done. Um, to just do what I just said, like just yeah. we need a defender. We need a dower strong one on one defender. I think Aaron is probably the the future of that. Yeah, I, I agree. Because yeah. I think when he's fully fit, he's actually quicker and and if he can start running really well, then he'll he'll be a very big impact player. Well, should we have a chat about the Mr. Francis right now? Oh, he was fan. He was. That was such a good sign. That's the that's the the Francis more. I still think there's a lot more to go. Yeah. To be honest, but you started to see signs of what the kid can do, uh, airily. Because yeah. I think we hadn't seen the marking aspect of him yet. Yeah. Uh, in his first couple of games, uh, but his marking when his hands are on is he he judges the ball really well. Gets and, in the right position, and that's the thing. Like we he, we were down. Uh, lu- uh, Scotty and I were very lucky enough to get an invite into the uh, the boys into the rooms with the boys before the game. Um, we got down there and uh, and watched them warming up and getting ready for the game. Um, it, it was it was actually quite weird. Scotty and I get to walk. We get the out of the elevator, walking towards the change rooms. Um, we're walking into the front door and then Waller and uh, Zach Merritt just walk past you and go, oh, excuse me, boys, if you could just, yeah, go past. It's just Waller and Zach Merritt just walk straight past you. No problems at all. Dyson Heppel's in a bit of a hurry for some reason, so he walks out of the door real quick. Excuse me, guys. (laughs) Just go straight past. That is a very cool thing. And also, too, when you stood um, in the change rooms with the players, there's a little roped-off area, um, a caged-off area, um, where you get to stand. And Francis came out and was warming up and stuff. That boy is a big unit. Yeah. Now I I'm six three and a hundred and too many too many kilos, right? I don't feel small against standing next to many people, but Lord, man, that guy is huge. He's got big shoulders, he's got huge thighs, he's a massive unit. And Scott and I have seen Aaron Francis stand on someone's shoulders off one step in the VFL. He's got an incredible leap and Eight marks for the game just starts to show people what he's yeah. going to be capable of. And I mean, a back line with Hooker, Hurley, Ridley and Francis in it. Now that's mm. that's nice. And you can chuck McKenna and, and, and um, Saad along there as well. Yeah. So I look, I was hugely impressed with Aaron. And I think, I think from the look on Aaron's face, he knew that this was coming. Like I don't, I think he. Do you know it's funny because we we mentioned last week. Out of if you said out of the three games, which one Aaron's going to play well, I actually would have said the other two games. Yeah. Because I just thought Richmond's structure and pace and de- defensive pressure, he might be you know under 
it might be a bit too quick for him yeah. or to understand that level yet. In his first year, but games. he kind of shined in a weird way, and and that's a really good sign. And I tell you what, Scotty was Scotty's mentioned to me about Aaron. He Scotty will watch a, a player very intently if he wants to learn about him, right? So I, I invariably learn stuff about talk about Essendon players and other players in general when I talk to Scott a lot, right? He told me to to watch Aaron when he hasn't got the ball, right? When he's when he's inside 50, he's got his man or he's guarding an area, watch him. And next time you're watching him on the replay, guys, just or if you're live, just watch him because he he's making sure his guy doesn't get the ball right up until he knows the player is like committed to where he's going to kick it and then he will peel off his man mm. and just try and get in for that mark. Yeah, yeah very, very rants-like, right? Yeah. That was, that was he'll hugely back, he'll obvious. He'll back his judgment of where he thinks the ball's going to be. Where he thinks the ball's going to be. And then he often puts himself not at the back of the pack and try to take a specky, but he'll put himself at the front of the pack and try and take that mark in front, which he did a couple of times. So, yeah. good old Aaron, mate, that, that, is a, that is the definition of a required player at Essendon. Um, and I bet you a million bucks. Is he contracted for next year? Yeah. Yeah, so he's contracted for next year. I bet you Essendon is doing everything they possibly can to retain his services because he's uh, he's a dead set talent and everybody yeah. knows it. Uh, you, you sense that you'd, you would hope that even with some good form, he starts seeing that real positive future ahead. More, more games, man. Yeah. It's just going to be more games. And I but, think the, we've brought him in at the end of the season like we should. He's had plenty of time to... To dominate yep. the VFL, which he's absolutely done, and he's got plenty of football in the in the reserves. He's done everything he needed to do there. It's now just time for him to learn the pace of the the two of the ones, yeah, um, and do what he's doing. Look, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction because I'm looking at all the players, and most of them I keep looking at them going, oh, they only just played okay, or they. Yeah. So I want to discuss an aspect of Essendon that. I'm interested in and because when you mention uh, McGrath, Saad and McKenna uh, look I noticed uh, Worsfold keeps saying that Essendon need to slow the ball down sometimes a bit and, and he said it after the yeah, game didn't he and it's something that I, I get a little bit of confusion on and, and it's Gary Lyon was commenting on Essendon's forward setup uh, on the weekend and I actually think he's correct he said look he there's a disconnect between our halfback line and our forward line because our forward line against Richmond was about 70 metres up the ground. So yeah. there's a lot of points in the game, we're pointing it out as well, a lot of times in the game there was no one in our inside 50 and the ball was kind of, say, between midfield and halfback and we were way too high and then like Assad or, or McKenna would get the ball and... There's, this doesn't seem to be an understanding sometimes. We've got a lot better at it. But in this game, I'll just say, it's, for this game, it happened again. Yep. Where it's good and well to say we should slow down, but your halfback line is the fastest halfback line in the for AFL. For a reason. So why isn't then the forward line set up for that? Like, if, 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 if McKenna gets the ball, you have to encourage his own instinct of what he likes to do. So if he tucks the ball under the arm, goes for a run which is great, there has to be some forwards positioned 30 metres out from goal and he's for gonna, him to look up and go, oh, great, I've got options. That's the thing. And he does that 90% mm. of the time. Yeah. That's so, his default thing. It's just hopefully something our our forward coach and our defensive and even mid coach can start having those conversations about understanding who our players are. Um, and I'm sure they know. Like It's not like me 
coaching. It just seems to be a disconnect for me that Saadi and these guys are running off half-back really fast. And then they have to panic a bit because you can tell they suddenly start propping, going, oh, oh, oh. Because there's just no one up the ground. Or there's just Waller up the ground. And, and and they know, oh, I can't do that because there's two guys on him. And the argument that I hear a lot of that is that if you've got the player and he's running out through 50 and the, the halfback guys are, are running through 50, they can't kick it. If they don't get to the center, like if they can't break yeah. the lines completely and get to the center, then like if they get to the center, they can kick it into the forward line. Fine, right? So that's where you have your, your, your forwards down in the forward line. But if they're being stopped at the at the opposition's 50 line, mm. then the kick is only going to go to halfway or it's going to go to the center wing position, right? So you need marking options up the ground. Otherwise, that kick is just going to go nowhere and it's going to come straight back in anyway. Yeah. So the the forwards are... I think the argument is, is the forwards are useless in the forward 50 if the ball never gets to them. So bring your tall marking options up the ground... And then, but then you're robbing Peter to pay Paul yeah. to get the ball into the format. So like, in all honesty, I'm just not arrogant. If Mc, if McKern and Danahar and Fantasia play that game, we've won the game. I believe that, so. And yeah. that's it. That's it. I do realize that aspect as well. Um, uh, that our forward. I mean, even with Stewart, um, just out of form, you would say. Yeah. It, it has affected a lot our forward setup. That's really four key people. Um, that are out. It's all of our forwards. And, it's all, and it's all keep our being forwards. marking targets, yeah. yeah. And if you said who's our, one of our best leaders is actually Fantasia. Like when we <laughs> when we actually do start lowering our eyes, Fantasia is really good on the lead. So a serious bit of class in the forward line. So it, it's just a killer. And, and like, I feel sorry for Brown that way because he gets knocked a lot. But what is the guy going to do? Like, it's just... And that's the thing. They all they have to do is focus on that's him. That's exactly right. They know that the, the tall guys, the Rancers of the world and the other defenders they've got down there, he's the only option we've got left. Yeah. Like, we don't have, apart from Jimmy Stewart, who he's not setting the world on fire in the VFL. Yeah. Like, he's not kicking threes and fours every week. Um, but that's it. That's the only yeah. other option we've got. And and I think with Smack and Joey going down, the, the two probably first choice... I mean, Joey is, but first choice for Smack now, like I think. Yeah. Um, key forwards, then Mitch can run up the ground a little bit, or Mitch can they stay down in the forward line with Smack, yep. and Joey D can run across half forward and take those marks. So, and look, I, sorry, I, I just did realise the hooker did play forward as well. So, um, but he obviously got well beaten the first three quarters, but gee, he came alive <laughs> in that last quarter. Yeah, but I mean, uh, the other thing yeah. we need to remember too is that if you put, even if you put Hooker down there, who's a damn good mark of a football, he's up against the best defender in the comp. Yeah, in Alex Rance, and that boy knows what he's doing. He really seriously knows what he's doing. Yeah, it's funny how much teams let him peel off though, and and yeah, he he's, he's, he reads the play well. He gets criticised a lot from peeling off defenders, but. He's always the one at the end he's of the really ball. Good at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's really he, he, good at it. And it would be the same complaint with Francis. Guys know when to peel off because they can read the plays so well. Yeah. So, um, look, we'll kind of leave it at there. But we'll after the break, we're going to discuss a little bit about Essendon future stuff. We might yeah. even talk trades. We might talk what our draft picks might look like, and yep. just just things happening in the future, and 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 we'll go from there. Cool. Talk soon.
Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, we're going to do our three, two, ones. We've sort of had a, we've had a bit of a chat across the, the the board of the players. We could go through each individual one, but I think the majority of them were pretty much down for the night. We know the reason why we butchered the ball. We took it up to Richmond, but they're a better side than us at the moment. I think I'm comfortable in saying that. So, Scotty, give us your three, two, one. This was a hard one because um, I just there wasn't really overly many standouts. Nah. I'm just going to go for effort and competitiveness. I gave Smith my three votes. 28 touches, yeah. Nine clearances, so smashed everyone else in yeah. clearances. So he's done his part. He's got his normal tackle count. So um, I'll give him my best on. After that, it's very, very hard. You can raffle it. Yeah, look, I'm just going to loosely say Zach Merritt, I thought, tried hard. Um, and you know what? Because, because of the tightness, I'm going to give my boy... Uh, Francis, one vote. The one vote. He um, was he was probably one of the cleanest people with with ball in hand he was. And, and hands yeah. out of out of the whole lot. And the thing I liked about him too, the other thing that just popped into my brain is that he didn't look rushed. No, he's a pretty laconic character anyway. <laughs> that pass but he just looks yeah. in control. That forty meter pass to Darcy Parish in the forward line, brave. It was a gutsy. Yeah. And but gee, it worked yeah, perfectly. Absolutely. So that's I like it. My three, two, one. I'm going with Smith as well. The guy is got to be an absolute certainty for the Crichton Medal, absolute certainty. Um, Heppel won it. Come on, I'm telling you. Uh, it's, uh, mate, Smithy has done everything a footballer can do this year. He's kicked him from the boundary. He's kicked him with his left foot, his right foot. He's tackled every uh, every person in Australia five times. What else? You, anywho. All right, look, um, we'll put a box of Krispy Kremes on it. A box of Krispy Kremes, a 12-pack? 12-pack. 12-pack, Krispy Kremes, Sardi. No, not Sardi. Smithy wins yeah. it over Heppel. Yeah. Done. Okay, uh, my number two was Adam Saad. Um, I think he he performed really well. There were times when he had to play close to defenders um, and spoil when the ball came in um, nice and high, which is not sort of normally his game, but I think he did very well. Um, and then I'm going to give good old Connor McKenna number one, uh, the one vote. 23 touches, performed quite well, and I think just was very prominent. Butchered it like the rest of the club, um, but very prominent player, and um, I'm a massive fan of him. So Takes good on you, Connor. On. Yeah, I like Takes him. Takes the game on. Um, now, what we want to talk about is next week against Port. Yeah, so it's interesting how we approach you. So we'll know by... <laughs> really by Sunday night, whether we have any chance of finals. I mean, obviously, I'm, I, I don't think we do at all. No. But everyone's trying to still ramp up the uh, the 2% chance. Uh, but look, let's all face it, we're not going to make finals. So how do they approach next week? To me, just approach it like a normal game. Go out to win. Play the same guys who are competing yeah, no, hard. I don't think there's going to be Zerk Thatcher or anything like yeah, brought in. I, I, I don't want anyone sort of rested for rested sake or anything. If, uh, unless you're actually, you know, close to doing a groin or something. Like yeah. if Hebel says I'm really, really sore or something, that's yeah. fine, you know. Resting. That, that makes sense because we need yeah. him for preseason. But if everyone's okay, just keep playing. The important part to me is that the guys get used to each other. The same guys get used to each other. Yeah, so absolutely. every game's important. So it's definitely a game that's very winnable. Uh, it's they got smashed it, yeah. by Collingwood. Yeah, that they, they'll still have a game most likely for them where they could possibly win and play finals. Yep. So it would be interesting if we have no chances. It's, it's always the danger. How do you play when there's 
really you there's know, no pressure you're, you're already thinking of Mad you're not, Monday yeah, you're not playing for something yeah but I would suggest Wusha will really put the heat on them and say every game's <coughs> important and hey we've won four interstate in a row it would be a great way to finish the year to win five interstate games in a row oh man it'd be it would be huge it would be great so and look even just to get to 12 wins we won 12 wins last year and made the finals if, even if you just can get to 12 wins and and at least have something like to go yeah. okay well because I feel like it's been a better year than last year. I, I felt like we had some returning plays that got us to a certain point yeah. with enough wins. But there's more positivity. It's may not better, but more positivity on, yeah, that, on, I think that's a better, on how the year is going to end. I'm not sure it's a better season just because no. in the cold light of day, when the season's over in two, three, four weeks, whenever they do their exit interviews and whatever yeah. it is, um, the start of this year is, if you're running a business, the start of this year cost us the whole yeah. season right and and it it's that was really bad the start of the year seems right but yeah. but and like we've said on the podcast um somebody within the business Wusher and xavier and everybody in the football department realized there was a problem they did their analysis they figured it out as to what they thought it was they've made the changes and it's worked so Forget the first half of the season, Bomber fans. The second half is what Wush is talking about when he says, we've found our identity, we found out who we are, and I agree with you. I just want the same players to come in. I agree, like you said, if Dyson's feeling it a little bit, then don't push him. But if not, let's just get everybody same in, back yeah. into that team and just let's beat Port, finish off the season on a high, head into the um, to the preseason, get Joey back, get Smack back, get everybody back. Yeah. Then let's see what we can't do next year. Yeah. So uh, I guess we can talk about... You've got a bit of a list for me, haven't you? i got a bit of a list, I do. So, I mean, okay, so there's the end of the season. Now, broadly, we're going to be doing a um, a bit of a, a podcast or two over the trade period. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll do some proper draft analysis night, and draft be, yeah. and things like that, right? But just as an example, I want everybody to... All the listeners to understand the, the players that we've got coming through that are either playing in the VFL... Um, that I think pretty much every name I'm about to read out is either playing in the VFL or on the long-term injury list, right? So we're going to do two things. This is just to to point out the names of the players that are going to be that we've got coming through, and then we'll maybe have a bit of a chat about what we need as a club mm-hmm. um, to, for trades. Um, but how's this for a list, right? Hartley, Laverde, Long, Ridley. Clark, Much, Joey D, Gleason, Begley, Ambrose, Stewart, Redmond, and Josh Green. Now you could chuck Lewenberger in there as well. Hoolahan. Hoolahan. You, you could chuck some other guys. Names, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? But. Zerg Thatcher, I can't believe the, 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 Mate, the, the Prime Minister, um, he's going to be a player. Don't you worry about that. Anyway, um, and then there's Ariel Steinberg, who I think is maybe on the, the list just somewhere there. I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure. There's, there's there's contract dealings he has to be his place. He's not going to come over for less than um, than, a, than a serious wage, which I completely understand. But anyhow, um, on that list, Hartley, Laverty, Long, Ridley, Clark, Much, Joey D, Gleason, Begley, Ambrose, Stewart, Redmond, and, and Green. That is a list of players that are, I think that are on the radar to play AFL football next year right mm. especially the likes of Laverde somewhere somewhere yeah yeah <laughs> and that's the point point. and that's about where like Laverde where, Joey what is D. our strategy from here with those players exactly right so yeah. guys we've we've got a lot of players I mean of that list Laverde is injured uh, Joey D's injured Gleason, Begley Ambrose and Redmond they're all injured oh sorry Laverde's back I'm sorry 
Oliverde's back in the VFL. Okay, yeah. but um, like I said, he's, it's we've got a lot of players that are injured at the moment that would be either really pushing for selection or in the side, right? Yeah. So I think from that list, we've got to pick. We've got defenders, we've got midfielders, and we've got forwards to pick from there. So which ones from that list, Scotty, do you think will be honest to goodness playing starting 22 football next year? Ooh, that's a big call. Uh, starting 22 is the hard one. Um, the club, I believe, still think Laverde could be a midfielder now. So the, he may go onto the Langford track. It's um, a big call. It's a big call. And I, I believe it's the right call uh, because he can't play forward. So, okay. So Because he, so, he has trouble kicking a little bit, doesn't he? Yes. But I do generally think he's a much better kick when he played midfield. I I think he relaxes a bit more. Like yeah. there's not an actual pressure yeah. to kick a goal. Uh, so I I do genuinely think Laverde could be a really good midfielder. So I'm going to have him. Uh, I've always believed very heavily in Ridley's talent. Yep. Uh, I would love him to be in the best 22 next year. And, and there's two parts to that. One I think is a very good defender. But I still think Essendon lack genuine great kicks. Uh, and he, to me, would be in our top four best kicks. Yeah. And, and the more you can have those guys in your senior list... Well, it's one of the reasons why yeah. Benny McNeese gets a game. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, if you can hit targets, and, and he can hit 50-meter targets. So that's my personal sort of bias towards Ridley that... I kind of want to... Inter- I don't know that it's a bias. I think everybody I, sees it. I think he's a very yeah. talented boy. Yeah. Clark is... I'm still not sure. I mean, it's an interesting trade period. So what happens if you pick up one or two really big midfielders? Yeah. He's yeah. he's going to struggle to get into that best 22. But but don't, don't think about it that way. From that list, I mean, we can have a chat about what we need. But from yeah. the list of the kids coming through, is Clark... If we don't trade for another midfielder, right? If we just yeah, get yeah. knocked out of the trade period, is Clark if he in Im- our best 22? If he improves the same amount he did this year to the previous year, then he's right up there. So he he's a very good prospect. He he improved... So I'll give you an example. So the first year we drafted him, I saw him play. I went, oh no, he cannot. Like There's people who say he cannot kick. He really cannot kick. His next year... And which is this year, sorry. Uh, suddenly, his kicking action looked a little bit better. We're starting to somewhat hit more targets, mm-hmm. let alone being 20, 30-meter safe targets. Yeah. But he got stronger, and you're like, oh, okay, there's a, a real good player coming through. So if he can, he needs to do that an extra 30%, almost a big jump again. If he does, and his kicking in the off-season really improves, then I, I really rate him very high. And he's 20... What is he? He's oh, yeah, young. yeah. He's Very young. stupid young. So mm. he's... And again, he hasn't got an AFL body yet. And he's got a VFL bottom of the pack winning the most contested possessions in the VFL mm. kind of body. But he needs to... He needs to chuck on a few pounds. But I can say... I, I, I really like him. I like his development. But so do I. Way. I yeah. like him. I like Kobe much a lot. But I think I like Dylan a little better than Kobe. Yeah, much... Uh, much is a very interesting one for me. I, I, I go back and forth. Uh, I don't have him in our best 22 next year. That's no, personally and me. That's, I would agree, yeah. Uh, but happy for me for him to surprise oh, exactly us. Exactly, you won't prove me wrong, mate. Joey now, D. Joey, 
That is God. We miss him. First player picked. Yeah, yeah. First player picked next year. Now Gleason's the interesting one because you know we're talking about Francis and Ridley going. Oh, we'd love them to play best twenty-two next year. They they're very high-end talent, but where then does it leave Gleason? Like, I want Gleason in that side. I'm sure I do. The Gleason was nineteen. Gleason was killing it before his injury. If we have to play nineteen players on the field, I don't care. I want Marty Gleason in that side. It's a very. I I'm going to say he's best twenty-two because I I I he's. His improvement was out of sight, and his reading of the play, which is something we've really missed this year. Yep. Uh, he he cut off so many marks um, towards the end of last year. And imagine, and um, again, this is when we say things like this. But so far, we've said Laverde, Ridley, Clark, probably March, Joey D, Gleason. We're just naming players we want in the best twenty-two. We realise that we're up to about twenty-eight players <laughs> yeah. playing on the field, but at the moment, we don't care. We're just trying to say that. Well, um, there, there are some people in our current best twenty-two. I think would be up for debate with it because yeah, I probably. I have three names, and I'm not going to say. I mean, everyone's going. No, who, no, no. Who, 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 who are they? No, no but no, no. I, no. you know, I have names for sure that are playing at the moment. Yeah, I agree. That these guys overtake. Yeah. So that's the other. And I mean, could you imagine how good would our backline look if we had Hooker and Hurley taking the talls, Francis and Gleason yeah. taking the marks in front of people, and Connor and Saad? You've yeah. got marking. Monst- like people that can take the monsters, people that can take the marks, and people that can run off half back. That's an incredible back line. Yeah. Um, all right, what do we got? Um, Be- now, my, my, one of my favourite, <laughs> the gonna... eastern suburbs, Bogan in the Begs. I don't, like, I don't have him in the Fridge best. is in my best 22 and shut up. <laughs> He's in the best 22 and I don't care. If they have to not pick Joey D and they pick jo- Josh Begley, that's it. No, no, no. Josh, <laughs> come on. He's a freak. Oh, he's a very talented boy. Yeah. I just think coming... I'm, I, and part of my mind is a little bit also coming back from a knee. So I, I'm just more thinking... Uh, th- trust me, he's going to have to kick bulk goals in the twos, which he will do because yeah. he's an animal. But, um, but the introduction, introduction of Smack, Joey D and Fantasia... Yeah. It's like... And Waller. And, yeah. He has to beat out Waller or something like that. Like He actually has to have that kind of impact. Yeah, True. So, All right, so but we want again. We're up to thirty players in our best twenty-two, but we don't care. And we've already talked about our best six. So Ambrose is <laughs> yeah. So where does Ambrose fit into that side now? Uh, and on his day, an exceptional, um, an exceptional. Defender. He's a great strategic defender. Yeah, for a rewalt, you know. Yeah, for, exactly. Exactly right. like last night. With a he plays really engine. well. He plays really well on guys who run around consistently. Yeah. So. And I want Ambrose. He's going to play some games next year if he's on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. If he's not traded or anything like that. If yep. he's on the list, he'll play some games because I know Mark Harvey really likes the option of him on certain opponents. Yep. Who may... He may even just say, okay, Gleason or Ridley, just for this game, we just got a better matchup with, with Ambrose. Yep. Uh, so I can see that. Stuart, I really want in the side. So do I. Uh, it's all been a strange year for Stuart. It, it, last year, he was... Mr. Dependable, and he kicking was two or three two goals, game. really competing. Yeah. Um, then he suddenly just went up the ground way too high. Yeah, but and it was obviously got disciplined for yeah. really going against the coaching. Just hasn't got back. Like it's just he and got he got he got injured for a month. So I do understand that. But, yeah. But apparently he competed fairly well yesterday. So. Yeah, yeah. I saw he kicked a few, he kicked so, like two um, or three or something. 
It's an interesting one. He, he's more than talented to be best 22. And I think... Well, and again, we're up to like 31 players or something now in our best 22. But I think, on a, genuinely, Jimmy yeah. Stewart is in our best 22. You could have an argument, and people would disagree. You could have an argument that Stewart, just on talent, is probably, could be better than Smack. Yeah, I agree. But Smack just does the, the actual things that the coach wants him to yeah. do and is in the right position. And he had a great year. Smack just had a great year. Yeah. Like, the other, the other clubs that he's played for... They would have looked at him and gone, "Oh, where was that when you played for us?" Like he yeah. just he had a well, really good I mean, season. I, they're still talking through contract extensions with him, but I, I, I think there's a, a small whisper of of Eston putting a very low amount in. So well, let's get that, into. But breath. that's the thing is that we do have Joshy in the yeah in the, not Joshy um Jimmy in the in the mix. Josh Green, I just can't see. I think yeah, I no, think I, I just don't think that fits for our side. No, next I, year that's I think the talent like you'd rather a Begley. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think uh, you'd rather, but be nice to have. I hope we keep him. Be nice. To have. What do What do you think of the rumours of of trades of Wallace, Edifield, and Shield? Like, by go through each one. What do you think? Before Before we get to there, we've got a couple other names, right? Oh, sorry, Redmond. Oh God, um, he looked really good, didn't he? He looked really good, man. He looked tall. He's got some offensive, like forward line yeah. capabilities as well. He's played down back a little bit. He's getting more versatile. He should be our best 22 on someone's list. Oh, that's harsh on someone's list. Well, that, I mean, I'm saying, is, is he better than Gleason? No, he's not yet. No, so. and this is the thing. That, is that, does, does it's Red- not putting him... I'm, I'm actually putting him... I'm, I'm, it's meant to be a compliment. I'm saying we should trade for him. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. he's the best 22 on, on, a, on most people's list. We have an unusually great defensive... Depth, but are they going to? Does Essendon want to play him through the mids? I don't think so. I think they he they wanted him. Okay, um, down back, down back. Okay, he's going to struggle. I'll put it that way to get into this side, which sucks because he's Green, a great de- bloke. Yeah, he's either a v- exceptional depth player. Yeah, or he or we'll see what else he, yeah. he may choose to go. Um, well, that brings us to Smack. It brings us to Sean McKernan. Yeah, best twenty-two. Well, he made a big difference to the side. I thought. I agree. Mm. As as now, it's just he made a difference because Joey D wasn't there. Yeah. So now the the big question is when Joey D comes back, how does he function? How yeah. there's a lot of forward coaching to go on now. Yep. I think there's a lot of forward coaching to go had to for to go full for, stop to go at Essendon full stop. Yeah. I, I still feel like our weakest coached area of the ground I felt this year was the forward the forward, set, line. Yeah, the yeah, forward yeah. line and. I'm really hoping we address that yeah. in the off season. So now we get to that um, to that next question. So they're all the players that we've got coming through Bomber fans, and I swear that's a half decent list of players for us yeah, to make decisions yeah. on. And, um, and look, I'm going to be not to be cold, but if I just had my business to Doro hat on, yep. it's a list he can go to the trade period and say to some guys. And, and I'll give one example, right? Say, so, say, so, so like a guy like Hartley, very, very good defender, yep. exceptional, AFL worthy, AFL worthy, exceptional punch, punching ability, can stop opponents. What happens when if you have a trade period with a, a club that's well, very weak Wallace defensively? From the dogs. What if we, Wallace yeah. from the dogs said yeah. the dogs said we said to the dogs we want Wallace, but we can and give the, you an AFL ready punching defender. And the dogs are weak down back, and that kind of example. Yeah. Right? We actually have a trade. Not so much even a pick, but we've actually got a trade yeah. for a very good defender yep. who who no doubt they will talk to and say, hey, 
here's the realities of our list. Yep. We think you can. You, we think you'll get every senior game next year and a real career. And and they might go. You know what? That's what's best for me. Yeah. And um, especially a guy like him, he's had a, just had a child. Yep. That's what I need. Security. So there'll be a lot of talks in this offseason because we have a lot of really good depth players who are in their low 20s. But we've got... And the players that we've got are valuable. Put it that way. To, yeah, to other they clubs, actually have valuable. sincere strengths. Yeah. We're not just giving away for the sake of, oh, they're just not good enough. No. No one has Hooker and Hurley and those sort of guys. No. All, it's, the, it's all Australians, yeah. yeah. And Saad and, and McKenna. I mean, and Ambrose not being able to yeah. get into the side. And... It's just very good prospects. Yeah. Um, so... It's it's an interesting trade period. We, we it's not just picks for me that are for this for this trade period that are just up. That... So does Dodoro the we build a statue to the man? I reckon. Um, does he? What does he do? Does he just? Because I mean, there's been the rumours that we're going for what's his face? Who's the bloke from GWS? Shield. Shield, yeah, but Shield and the other bloke. Uh, Setterfield. Setterfield. I keep I wanted to say something else, but Setterfield. Um, do we just go after a couple more kids for the midfield? That seems to be the modern way of football these days. The, win- the midfield wins you the game. Yeah. Um, or do we look at it as we're in a window? We've we've got that window coming up. A bit like Collingwood. Collingwood are coming up to a window. They know it. I think we've got to go for it now. I I think that's a shield. Okay, so shield is a priority. Okay. Out of anything, we're in a we're. It sounds funny because we finished eleventh. Yeah. But. I genuinely think we're in a window as of next year. But, but that's because of the halfway through the year we finished 11th, right? Like yeah. the first half of the year. If we had a played, and you, you gave me that incredible Yeah, statement. like from, I mean, we've lost a couple now. So say from round nine, where it's still about third or fourth yep. best team since round nine. Yeah. And, and, and if that just continues on next year, then you go, okay, well, that is significant we're a me, top like, six team. Yeah. And that gives you, and add Dylan Shield to that and take in Joe Danaher and give you 60 goals. And any one of those other blokes, i.e. Laverde and, and You hopefully, yeah, you hopefully have better structures yeah. because they've played another year together. They've got, yeah. had a bit of, big off-season. You know, the key guys, Ridley, Francis, those guys that next to you down, Langford, all get another preseason, touch stronger. Parrish, and Parrish could be a really big fine next year yep. with, with another three, four kilos of muscle. So, yeah... For me, next year on, there's no excuses. So I'm pick, being, I'll be really ruthless with Essendon from here pick, on. What picture are we likely to get? Uh, my from how I see the ladder, pick nine outside chance of eight. Okay, so nine and eight. Do we? Do we? Because that'll get us a half decent kid in the super. And, and I'll say that depending on um, uh, if Carlson get priorities and whatever. It is. But um, but this is being a super draft. Right, mm-hmm. that, one of those fabulous super drafts. Yeah. Do we just take that kid, that decent kid at eight or nine? Because at eight or nine in a super draft, you're getting a half decent kid who could probably go pick five. Yeah, but the the, the issue is that you know you're going to have three or four years of him getting to a real big output, right? So that's my point: is that do we do we take the got to go now? Okay. Shield shield twenty five because you're not even going to get a you never get an A grade. Well, it's so hard to get an A grader under twenty eight. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. like the Gibbs and all those, they always go towards the end of their career where they finally change. Yeah, they trade off their name. But if you get a shield at 25 yeah. and, you know, he's got six years, seven years left and you're in the window, it propels the side so dramatically. Would you give pick eight, pick or nine or nine for shield? Oh, yeah. No, they won't. They'll ask for more than that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that okay. pick's not good enough. Now, whether it's, yeah, I still think uh, they'll ask for a player with it. They'll look at our list and, and again, they can, 
but that's it. We've got we, the opportunity. We have a list that yeah. actually we would we would. And I know this sounds a little bit. Um, we hope we don't we don't sound too mercenary here, Bomber fans. We don't we don't want to get rid of a um, a Jordan Ridley, or we don't get want to get rid of a Hartley or Ambrose no. or anybody. We're just that. talking about the realities of the off of a business, it's just off business. season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to get a Dylan Shield, if we have to give up pick nine and Michael Hartley, then yeah. Unfortunately, in the wonderful world of, of professional sports, that's what needs to happen. But, okay, so what do we need? Dylan Shield, we need that midfielder. We Is it just me, or do we not need key position players? I I, I'm, I don't know a key position that we need to fill. Like, no, centre-half no. forward, centre-half back. Me, to me, the, the glaring weakness is the midfield, and it's not, and it's in a much improving yeah. weakness. So it's, it's, it's just... Takes us over the top. I think. I think a shield that extra class. That ex- extra yeah. class. But a lot of the a lot of the commentators I've seen on the weekends are talking about Essendon just needs that one more player of class, one mm. more class midfielder in there. Yeah, and it really puts them over the top. And I mean, and Richmond's a bit like that too. They they had Cochin for ages and some average footballers. They add Dion Prestia, better than average um, footballer makes Trent Cotchin a brilliant player. You whack Dusty in there and it makes Trent Cotchin a Brownlow medalist, right? So yeah. I think Essendon, we've got um, Heppel in there. We've got Zaharakis, who's great, but coming towards the end of his career, we just need that young midfielder coming through. Which Real is gun. Like, like, like a proper gun, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was watching Shield yesterday and it was half time and he had he had 21 possessions and a goal. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's against Sydney. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, the kid can play. That'd like, be nice. Uh, so that would be priority A, priority A. Wallace is an interesting one. I just don't see it myself. Unless the club... We can get him cheap. If we can get him cheap. Mm. If the... My only thing with Wallace Cheap-ish. is if if we had a desire to have a tagger, like an actual designated shutdown player, yeah. I think he'd be one of the better ones in the AFL yeah. in that kind of role. So that would be my only thought process if would you want to get him. But, yeah, but I don't a lot of stuff. Cheap. Look, and Setterfield, just so people know, Setterfield wanted to come to Essendon in the draft. Essendon fan. Um, but he went to pick number three really early before we even could have a chance. So, But I've got the funny feeling he still wants to go to Essendon. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of talks with He's him. He's a Melbourne boy. Yeah, did, did his knee at the start of the year. Which, so you do have to factor that in. But Dodoro rated him through the roof. Exceptional clearance mid-player. Uh, so just that ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? Yeah. So it it'll be very there'll be a lot of names thrown around. It'll be one of those trade periods, and we've got a lot of we've got some good picks to and players to to do some work. All right. What we'll do is we'll um we'll go to a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll wrap it up. Thanks, guys. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, you had something you wanted to uh, to let everybody know just before we wrap up this uh, extra long podcast this week. <laughs> I know, it's a big lengthy one, but we've done some short ones recently, so... We have. We wanted to chat about the trade and everything. Because it's, it's a topic of everyone, on everyone's mind. Hey, look, obviously, as we discussed at the start of the podcast about myself not being on Twitter as on much... On personal Twitter, yeah. Uh, Realising 
that it does probably affect the visibility of the shows that get posted on Twitter because I obviously post the show. Can we? Can I ask for a special favor? Everyone, just do this now. Subscribe to our SoundCloud channel. Subscribe to our iTunes channel. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Yeah, and you can catch us on Twitter, which uh, myself and Grant will both, from time to time, post all the shows and, and, and have some, some feedback. It's just at Lunch Catch Up. So just go, you can go to that to Twitter if you want to hear our shows. Uh, if, you, if you hear our show... Um, from our Twitter feed. Oh, cough, Scotty. Cough. <coughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds like I was crying. If you hear our show from our Twitter feed, uh, can you retweet it just so it gets out to fans? Um, we just need your help while I'm just off Twitter because obviously the visibility comes through my personal page a lot. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, you'll be able to get hold of um, Scotty and I on the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast Twitter page, um, Facebook page, the whole thing. It's just, yeah. it's going to be, um, we, we're hoping that a lot of the, the listeners out there aren't going, aren't just waiting each week for the podcast to be put on the Scott's um, Twitter page. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're listening to this, just send through a, um, a, a friend request on the Facebook page. We'll be yeah. posting the, the podcast there as well. Um, but we're going to be taking. I'm. I'm going to be taking, and Scotty's going to be taking um, a bit more of a presence on the on the the lunchtime catch up uh, podcast Twitter page as well. So you can absolutely get us um, there. But like Scotty said, it's it's great to like us and that sort of stuff. But if you can retweet it out to everybody or out to your friends, yeah, and the people and, that you know will be great. And for your own sake, subscribe to the show if you like the show. Yeah. Go to the SoundCloud channel, Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast. Easy to find on Google. Yeah. Or or the iTunes is that both are very easy to find. They're the first two top things you search on Google that come up. Yeah, we love the messages that you guys sent through. It's um, it helps us out with the podcast a lot. We, love, we do love talking to you guys as well. Yeah. So look, that's all I wanted to say. Thanks again for all your support. Um, look, I will say this: I wasn't going to when when I when I sort of did the tweet out about where I was a little bit at. Um, oddly enough, the first person that reached out to me in, within five minutes was the CEO of the Essendon Football Club. And uh, so I just wanted to say how much that cheered me up. Uh, it might be just a small thing, but Xavier contacted me privately. Just wanted to make sure I'm doing well as anything he can do. So we have a darn good CEO at our club. And I just wanted to say how much I appreciate. And, and some Essen staff contacted me as well. So as much as I'm going through battles, they're the kind of things that, that mean a heck of a lot to me. Absolutely. So, so thanks. And, and so many Twitter friends reached out to my private Twitter page. Um, so thank you to all. You all mean a heck of a lot to me. So thanks. All positives from here. You'll see our show come on around about this time next week. Yep. And then we'll have ones around like the draft night and trade nights. But so got some fun stuff coming up. Yeah, we'll keep you updated on Twitter and, and the Facebook page as well. But um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, this has been a, a bit of a long one, but we've really enjoyed it. We'll see you probably around the same time next week for the... For the win over Port Adelaide. So um, thanks everybody for, for listening. Cheers, guys. <laughs>